What's up, everyone? This is episode number 67 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. All right. I'm excited about today's episode. This is something that's way different than anything I've ever done before. And there's only one segment today. I'm ready to jump right in. So today I am talking about my first ever grading experience. And I, I figure the title first ever is a little redundant, but I wanted to emphasize that I have never done this before. And I know there are a lot of people out there that find that hard to believe. Maybe even some of you guys, you might be thinking, how can someone who hosts a card podcast, who's been in the hobby for two and a half decades, who owns his fair share of graded cards, how come he's never sent in a submission of his own? And that's a valid question. Um, I know some people, even because of what I've said about grading companies, think that I might be anti-grading. Well, I've said it several times before, and I'll say it again. That's not the case at all. In fact, I think grading can serve a good purpose in this hobby. However, I've just never had the desire to get anything graded. Um, I don't open a lot of wax, so I don't have a lot of pulls that I want to try and multiply the value of. Um, the stuff that I'm looking for for my personal collection is typically not as liquid, and that would be like nice Pacers cards, Hall of Fame patches, or NBA Finals game use stuff. Um, you know, if I like it, that kind of stuff enough and I see it, I would take it if it was bent in half. Um, now, granted, I don't want a lot of beat up cards, but condition is not a big deal to me. Uh, I would rather have an awesome patch numbered to 25 as opposed to, you know, a lesser patch that has red foil and is numbered to 15 or one that has green foil and is numbered to five and people think that those are worth more. Um, in instances like that, I'm buying patch cards for the patch. So there's no patch grade. You just look at it and figure out what you want. Um, and as for the shiny stuff that I have, it would mean and appeal the same to me if, if uh, it was in a slab and had an 8, a 9, or a 10. I buy stuff because I like the way it looks, or there are qualities about it that I like. And some of that stuff is already graded, but I've never felt compelled to have that done myself. And that's not an indictment on anyone that collects graded stuff or anyone that shoots for certain numerical grades. Those are just my personal preferences. And as you guys know, I'm super passionate about the way I collect because I feel like that's the right way for me. There are times I have to remind myself that we all collect in different ways, and that's part of what makes this hobby so great. So, after saying all of that, what changed? Why am I taking the plunge now? Um, why did I decide to grade a small batch of five cards? I'll cover this uh, in more detail a little bit later when I talk about the five cards specifically that I sent in, but I really just wanted to explore other hobby perspectives. I wanted to create some content where I'm trying to put myself in other collectors' shoes. And that doesn't mean I'm going to adopt all of them as, uh, you know, all of these practices and all these perspectives as my own when I'm done, but it might give me a new appreciation for what I see a lot of other people doing. Um, okay, so in order to participate in, in such an exercise, I had to select a grading company. And I elected to go with SGC. Now, 
I'm not here to convince you to do that. This is not an episode to compare the different companies, but if I'm going to do grading, I had to pick one, right? So I want to give the background real quick for why I chose them. Uh, back around late August and early September, if you guys were listening, you know this, I was posting a lot about my frustrations with the big two grading companies. And for those of you that don't know, that's BGS and that's PSA. I noticed that SGC was liking these posts um, and I asked them to speak up because I knew they had slapped their fair share of uh, altered cards or that they had had some issues over the years because they're uh, an older company. And they started a dialogue with me on social media. Um, There were some public posts and then we also messaged a little bit privately and I respected that. I appreciated that. Um, And whether you like their new labels or not, they are putting serial numbers on those labels and keeping a record of them. So that part for me was encouraging. Um, I figured if I was going to uh, go with a grading company, I would go with one that looks to be making changes. And that's just my personal choice. Um, Now, another factor in that, seeing as I'm within driving distance of SGC, now granted it would be a long drive, but um, I'm East Coast, right? So I reached out to them in September to see if we could arrange something where I could tour their facilities and talk about it on the show. I wanted to, um, this is, you know, back when I was definitely putting some heat on the other companies. I liked some of the changes they were making. I wanted to try and give them a, a chance to showcase that, talk a little bit about their company. Um, I wanted to try and give you guys as much of an up-close-and-personal look of a grading company as I could. Well, that was in September. They said they'd get back to me ASAP. I didn't hear back from them. And at that point, I figured, you know, I'll just pursue other topics for episodes. There are plenty of things I can talk about in the card world. There's never a shortage. Well, fast forward to March. Once the whole coronavirus thing started and the grading companies were shutting down... SGC was still open. And if I was going to move forward and do this grading episode and try this grading thing out, this was the best practical option at the time. Um, you know, partly because they were close to me and I figured I could get this stuff sent out and back to me quickly. I also noticed a lot of people talking about them and I figured I would try to open up those lines of communication one more time. Um, At this point, though, because of the virus and all the social distancing, the tour that I was hoping for long ago, you know, I figured that wasn't likely. So I informed them about my um, wanting to create an episode about my grading experience in general and that I was considering them. They were gracious enough to give me a voucher to have five cards graded for free. So um, I do want to disclose that. I'm very appreciative of that. Um, I also want to say, though, that I don't want to create an infomercial for SGC, nor did they ask me to. And I'd like to be as objective as I can when I talk about them. Um, I simply told them I wanted to chronicle my first ever grading experience and talk about the good and the bad. So once again, um, some of you over time have asked me to compare all three of the major grading companies. This is literally my first grading experience, so it's not fair for me to attempt that. So just know I'm not telling you to grade with SGC. I'm not telling you to grade with another company. Um, I want the focus of this to be more on my first grading experience in general and not the specific company it was with. All right. 
As I alluded to earlier, I wanted to approach grading for a variety of different reasons. I recognize that people like um, different things like continuity and slabs from the same company. Some people want to see their cards go up in value. Some people feel like their cards are safer in slabs. Um, I could go on and on. There are a number of reasons. A lot of times when people grade, it's for a number of different reasons at the same time. Um, so that's kind of what I had to do is I had to look and see what I had in my collection and assess what I wanted to do. And, you know, I had to pick out what five cards I wanted to be slabbed. So I tried to pick cards from different sports and cards where the slab served different purposes. That way I could uh, put myself in as many people's um, perspectives as possible, right? And I'll make sure to show the before and after on my Instagram so you can see some visuals as well. Okay, here are the five cards and what I thought they might grade. Keep in mind I wrote all of this up before I sent these cards out because I wanted to, um, I wanted it to be accurate to the time that it happened. So number one, the first card I chose was a 2019-2020 LeBron James Silver Prism uh, that I got in a lot for $20. Yes, you heard that right, $20. Uh, there was a ton of other nice low-end stuff in this lot too, so I've already come out ahead. Um, a lot of these that I've seen have some centering issues or dimples. This one looked really clean to me and the centering was great. Um, honestly, it's a great looking card that I liked having in my collection, but I don't feel like it's worth what it's selling for, not to me at least. Um, so when I last checked eBay and you know, keep in mind, I wrote this a month ago. I have no idea what it's going for now. I'm not trying to give you market advice. Uh, but I noticed it was selling for about $200 raw. And then that gym copies have sold for two to three times that amount. So, you know, let's say if it actually is worth $600, um, if I could use that money towards a LeBron finals patch or something that fits my collection better, I think that's the right move. And I see people using grading in this way sometimes so um, that's kind of why I chose this card first um, and after looking at this card I don't see any noticeable flaws and I think that it's going to be um, an a 10 right the SGC website it shows two different 10s being possible a, a pristine 10 and a gym mint 10 it looks like the main difference is centering where pristine is 50-50 and Jim Men is 55-45. I think, or I thought, it had a shot at being pristine. And I wanted to give myself some margin for error, but it looked really good. So uh, now, when this thing comes back and the grades are revealed, which would be later in this episode, I could look like a fool. We'll find out later on. Card number two. Um, I stuck with a, another shiny card here and I promise you not all of these cards are going to be shiny but um, card number two is another LeBron silver but this one is for a little different reason um, about four or five months ago I was doing my usual lot hunting on eBay and I came across a $75 binder that had a 2012 select LeBron that I thought looked like a silver and this was before the base cards even blew up so it was a little bit of a risk, but I felt pretty good about it. Um, anyway, it turned out I got it in the mail. 
it was a silver. And those were selling for around $125 at the time. And that wasn't all that long ago. So I, pro I priced it at $150 for my local card show, expecting someone to work me down to around $100 or $125. Instead, it went untouched. And like I said, this wasn't that long ago, maybe January or February. Um, and in this case, it really worked out for me because fast forward to the post-stimulus check era and when I wrote the script for this, uh, the last two raw copies had sold for $800 and $948. I don't know, you know, I haven't really checked since then, um, but if I can get anywhere close to that, I feel like that money would be best spent on something else for my collection. That would be one way I could turn 75 plus the, you know, in theory, the cost of grading into more than 10 times that. There is a major catch though. The centering on this card is awful. So why would I send in a card that I know might grade lower than I'd like? Well, once again, remember I'm trying to put myself in different perspectives here. So I had two main reasons for this. I haven't seen um, SGC grade a lot of 2012 select stuff, so I didn't know how lenient they were with the centering. And the biggest, the uh, bigger reason for me was I wanted a potential buyer to know exactly what they got. And I've really only sold three or four cards that were worth more than $500 at that time. And the last time I sold a Prism card in this range was pretty stressful. I posted a lot of pictures of scuffs that were on the surface. Potential, you know, I was just being cautious. Potential buyers use that as leverage against me in negotiations. And then I'd see them post them later on as a 9.5. So I didn't want to get into that again and have people use any potential flaws as leverage against me. So I was trying to be overly cautious. Um, you know, I still think what I did with those old listings was the right move, but I think getting it slabbed could um, help me out a little bit and could help me counter that leverage because I don't want to go through that again. So. Instead of buyers having to speculate on what grade this thing would get and plan accordingly, I want them to see the card is graded. So, in short, I graded the 2019 silver that I talked about earlier purely for value. Uh, this 2012 was for potential value, but also to alleviate some of the stressors in the selling process. As far as the grade goes, the surface looks pretty good. There were a few small scratches on the back, which I don't think are a, a big deal, at least from what I've read. Remember, I'm, I'm not an expert on this. But the centering was pretty bad from left to right. And I didn't see any SGC examples on eBay to compare it to, so I took a look at some PSA copies. I found a silver Kobe with bad centering that graded a 7, but there were bubbles all over the surface. I found an 8 with similar centering as mine, so I'm going to go with that. I think... Uh, I think there's an outside shot it could get higher, but if this 2012 LeBron Silver comes back as an 8, I'm happy. If higher, I'm very happy. Okay, number 3, card number 3. Remember I did all of these, I tried to do most of these for different reasons. Um, so the next card I chose to grade was actually the final basketball card in the bunch. So this might surprise some of you, but my other two cards are from other sports. I'll get to those shortly. Uh, this card is not visually appealing in the traditional sense. In fact, it's been uh, altered in a sense. 
So I wasn't even sure what kind of grade it was get. I was very I would get I was very curious. And this is a 1972-73 Tops Dr. J rookie. The reason I even bought this to begin with was because someone had used a pencil to scratch out the team name Squires. And they, I mean, when I say scratch, they marked on it, but they scratched it too. And then they wrote Nets in the top right corner of the card. Now, why that appealed to me so what so much was because this tells me it was probably a kid in the 70s that was fixing this card. And for those of you that don't know, Irving played for the Nets in between the Squires and the 76ers. So it would have had to have been in that time frame, um, you know, I'm assuming. And so I liked the history of this card. Now, does that make it worth grading? Probably not. Um, at least not in the traditional sense. Uh, you know, I, fi- I figure grading companies like getting cards like this because they're easy to grade. In fact, uh, Mrs. Wax Museum asked me why I wanted this graded and still thought it was a dumb idea when I tried to explain it. So what did I tell her? Well, I said, I like this card. I have a Bob Cousy rookie that's an SGC2. Um, I feel like it would bring a little more continuity to my Hall of Fame rookie collection. And I realize not everyone's going to get that, but like I said in the intro, not everyone grades cards for the same reason. So my goal here is to approach the process with an open mind and to try things that are new for me. So as far as a prediction goes, I don't even know where to start. Um, I did some reading on pencil marks and those affected grading some. Um, you know, like I said earlier, whoever did this did just as much scratching with with that pencil as they did marking. So I thought it might get some kind of qualifier, but after reading more on SGC's website, it looks like it's a candidate for an automatic one. Okay, uh, number four. So card number four. There's not a lot of explanation that goes into this one, but this is a 2016 Optic Football Tom Brady base card. And I don't have a lot of Brady stuff or even football in general, but I found that Brady's always been a relatively safe buy for me. And after all of the LeBron prism and optic base took off, I noticed that Brady stuff was starting on a similar path. A lot of the base cards were getting gobbled up on eBay. So I searched for 2016 Donruss instead of 2016 optic. And I found this mislabeled base card for 525 shipped and I bought it. So I don't really have too much into this thing. I like the look of the card. You know, I do like 2016 Optic. I wouldn't mind owning it, but I think grading it could add a lot of value to the card, and that's money I could spend elsewhere. So this is similar to the first LeBron. Um, The day before I sent these off, I saw that a PSA 10 copy of the card had sold for $225. I don't know what sales for an SGC 10 would look like, but if I could get, you know, even half of that, I would be very happy, and that would be a, a big win. Um, I think this card will grade well and will um, get at least a 9.5. All right, card number five. Last but not least, I'll finish off with a baseball card, which is a 1958 Topps Roger Maris rookie. And this is a card that I got in a lot of 14 low-grade vintage baseball stars for $84 shipped. And you might be noticing a trend here about me and Lots. Um, out of those 14 cards, I, I plan to get rid of 12 of them and hopefully make that $84 back with those. And then I can pocket the other two, one of them being the Maris, the other one being a, a, a pretty 
rough looking Reggie Jackson rookie. Um, you know, I'm a, I got to meet Reggie once. I'm a pretty big fan despite never seeing him play live. So that's my hope. Um, now, even though I'm keeping the Maris, I'd like to grade it for several reasons. Number one, it will give me the peace of mind that it's real. I've never actually seen a fake Maris rookie, but on some of these vintage sets, I do like to have a second opinion. Um, a good friend of mine told me to smell it because people can't really replicate that old card smell. And that's what I did. I smelled it. It reminded me of um, when I was a kid. My grandpa had a spare room that had a ton of old car magazines and National Geographic magazines in it. Well, that's what this card reminded me of. Um, and then the second reason why I wanted to grade it, should I ever decide to get rid of it? Maybe if I upgrade or if I want to move it for something else, I feel like grading it gives me the most versatility going forward. So, you know, if nothing else, it will end up in the beat up Hall of Fame rookie collection. I'm, I'm figuring that's where it stays. So if this card grades a two, I would be pretty happy. It looks like a two or a three hovers around the $100 range. It's fairly off-centered. The corners are rounded. It's got some surface wear. I didn't see any creases though, which is good. I think this has a good shot at a two. Okay, so those are my five cards. Um, like I said before, I know a lot of you are very familiar with the grading process. Um, some of you will already know. Um, however, I've never graded before, so I'm trying to take you through the entire process from my perspective. So once I knew what cards I was going to grade, my next step involved creating an account. Um, and like I said, I went with SGC and I created a submission online. The creating an account was pretty easy. Um, so I clicked start submission. It pulled up a search box. And for each card, I was asked to enter a declared value. And then I had several other options, including if I wanted to submit with a minimum grade requirement. In this case, I didn't. You know, whatever they got, they got. Even the beat up ones. Um, the 2012 select LeBron Silver did not come up in my search, so I had to add that one manually. I was a little bit concerned about that, but it, it turned out fine, so it wasn't a big deal. All right, so after everything's submitted, they give you an address to mail it and an invoice that you can print. And um, even though I'd never graded before, I knew there was a general order to cleaning the cards and getting them in the right holders to submit. I've seen tons and tons of pictures of, of these things in card savers. So, um, you know, I knew that's what I wanted to use, but I wanted to see if there were any instructions on the SGC website, um, you know, to treat it as if I were completely new. I didn't find anything like that. So I Googled it instead. Um, either I missed out on it completely or that's something they might want to add in the future. Okay, so... Um, there are different versions out there, but what I gathered was that there really wasn't a lot that I needed to do to um, the actual cards before sending them in. I used a microfiber cloth that I use on my glasses. I put it under a nice light, you know, a nice desk lamp. I carefully wiped the surface of the chrome cards. Um, I practiced on a regular base card first, and I've seen where, um, you know, some people out there have some really elaborate cleaning methods. I didn't want to get into that. I figured, you know, I'll just, I'll wipe it off with the cloth and it is what it is. Um, now, I know some people view preparing a submission as a bit of a chore and I could see where that would be true for a larger, like a bulk submission. 
Um, I've got to say though, taking the time to look these five, you know, go through my collection, pick these five cards out, and then look them up and prep them and getting everything packed up. Um, it actually made for a really enjoyable evening. I don't know if I was just having a long week or what, but it was oddly therapeutic. Um, so even if I never grade again, if, if I have a friend close by that I know is preparing a big submission, I think it might be fun to help out with that. All right. Anyway, I believe I mailed these off on Friday, April 24th, and they received them on Monday the 27th. Because I had the vouchers, I honestly don't know what service I had, so I don't want to misrepresent any time frames, good or bad. Um, I can tell you that the scans of my cards and the results showed up online on May 18th. Um, and I did everything I could to avoid looking at them because I wanted the experience of getting the box in the mail and revealing the grades as I opened it. And I'm going to post that video on my social media and YouTube this week so you can see it for yourself. In the meantime, I'm also going to play the audio for you on this episode. So bear with me if a little of it seems repetitive. Bear with me as I struggle to open the box on camera. But I wanted you to hear my thoughts right as I open this box with no time to reflect on it at all. All right, what's up, guys? The day is here. I got my shipment from SGC. Um, I want to show you my predictions real quick, and these could be way off, like, you know, I've never graded before. Um, I had a 2019 LeBron James Silver. I thought would get a 9.5 or a 10, that I could end up looking stupid after that. A 2012 uh, Select LeBron Silver, I thought would get an 8. A Dr. J Rookie, I'd give a 1. Tom Brady Optic Base Card. I think maybe a 9.5. I really don't know the difference between the 9.5 and the 10. And then a Roger Maris rookie card that I think could get a 2. I'm hoping we'll get a 2. So um, here we go. And I these grades have been posted online for 10 days now. And I haven't looked at them. Um, it's, it's killing me. I haven't, uh, I haven't looked at them. Um... And uh, I've really wanted to, though. But I, I've practiced self-control. Breaking the number one rule here. Don't cut towards yourself. But it's just a lot easier, right? Don't try this at home. All right, so um, like I said, I've not looked at these grades. Um, I don't really know what I'm getting out of here. But I am pretty excited about this overall. The process has been fun. It's been different. Um, as I've discussed on the episode, I'm trying to approach things from a new perspective. Okay. So we'll set that to the side here. Wrapped very well, very safe. Okay. Or at least seems that way. We'll see when we, when we get to the cards. It helps if I use the right, the correct side of the knife, wouldn't it? Okay. I don't know if this is good here. One, two, three. Okay, good. So all of them got graded. I was scared something happened. Okay, so, um, all right. So the, uh, this is kind of out of order here. No, actually it is, is right in order. So the um, LeBron 
2019 silver. Got a 9.5, which I predicted it'd get a 9.5 or a 10. So that's awesome. That's actually really good. This is the moment of truth. I thought the um, select silver would get an 8. Okay, I'm happy with that. An 8.5. I'll take an 8.5. Okay, next card was the Dr. J. Uh, I think that's definitely a 1. Or they don't even give it a number. Hilarious. Authentic. Um, yeah, I, I guess they can't even give that a number. I didn't really know how they'd handle that, so now I know. Um, awesome card, though. I love that card. Tom Brady Optic Base. I thought I was going to get a 9.5. Um, oh, okay. Once again, I don't know what differentiates a 9.5 from a 10, um, but I'll take it. And then the Maris rookie card, I'm I'm thinking and hoping for a two, and I got a one five. So I was really hoping that would be a little higher. I can see why it, it's a one five though. So overall, um, and I'll post some pictures of these. Um, very happy with the way these turned out, and and it was kind of a fun little game. I'll talk more about it on the episode, but um, that's my quick recap. Talk to you guys later. All right, so to sum everything up, I started this whole experience because I wanted to experience something new in the hobby and try to see things or enjoy things in the ways that some other people do. There were parts of this that were really enjoyable. I mentioned the prep time, um, the anticipation of seeing the grades. You know, it's kind of like having a mail, you know, tracking mail on on the uh, USPS app. For some reason, that I enjoy that. Um, and then getting the box in the mail, right? Opening up the box, that was all very fun. So I don't know how often I'll do this in the future. Um, and I do still have some um, frustrations with some of the grading companies out there. But I will say that if uh, somebody can get the process down in a way that I like, I'm definitely more receptive to it now. Um, now, as a follow-up, this also presents a new situation for me where I have a couple of valuable slabbed cards in those two LeBron James and I want to sell them. And I don't want to deal with all of that eBay mess myself, so I'll probably be looking to consign these. And as you guys know, I am not the biggest fan of Probstein or PWCC, so maybe I'll embark on a new quest to look out for other options. If I do that, rest assured, I'll make a follow-up episode that details that journey too. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, for many of you, grading is nothing new. Maybe you got a good laugh out of seeing me fumble my way through it or seeing my Irving rookie card show up without a numerical grade. Regardless, thanks for tuning in. You've heard enough from me at this point though, so I'd love to hear from you guys. Have you graded before? What is your least favorite um, what is your favorite part about the grading process? Or maybe you have some other opinions on grading in general and you want your voice to be heard. Let me know on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast, or my Twitter, which is at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.